The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. This is Denise Salcedo with Justin Labar on the Busted Open podcast. We react to everything that went down at AEW World's End. We break down the reveal of the devil's identity, Adam Copeland and Christian Cage's fight for the TNT title, and we give our picks for the best pay-per-views of 2023. All of that coming up on the Busted Open podcast. Where do you want to start off here? You want to start off with the devil? You want to start off with Samoa Joe? Justin, what are you feeling that you want to get to first? Well, I feel like we're going to spend a lot of time on the devil, rightfully so. And I feel like that's, I feel like the nation's going to want to spend a lot of time. So we're going to get to all that. But let's give a little bit of love to Samoa Joe in all of this. Because again, as I said earlier, I feel like every which way here, whether it's on the show or then on the press conference, it just kind of that, that got buried. Uh, so first off, you know, shout out to Samoa Joe, your AEW world champion, who in Long Island, in MJF's backyard, choked out MJF. They did a finish we don't often see uh, in WWE or AEW. You know, the arm up once, arm up twice. I was expecting MJF to, you know, stop it on that last one. He's going to, I figure he's going to like hawk up, you know. <laughs> and no, it just dropped, limp, dead, passed out. And that was how it ended. So, um, I mean, so... You know, for Samoa Joe's booking, he choked out MJF, who's been the champion for for over a year. Correct. I mean, so I mean, this is a that's a hell of a title run for Joe to end uh, on the last pay per view of 2023 again in MJF's backyard. So I think let's just first of all just acknowledge that 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 Samoa Joe is taking this company into 2024 as their world champion. Definitely, let's give him his flowers, man, because Samoa Joe, there's a lot to get into with this. And really, the things that I want to touch on is he didn't get an opportunity to show this version of himself in WWE that was mentioned in one of MJF's promos. And now here he is kind of getting this opportunity to really be this top guy in this promotion that is pretty damn hot. And so for Samoa Joe to get this moment, I'm really excited to see what they cook up because Samoa Joe, you know, he's one of my favorites, man. How can he not be? This dude has an aura of badassery where like, you ain't messing with him, Justin. I ain't messing with freaking Samoa Joe. <laughs> no one here is messing with Samoa Joe in fear of Samoa Joe ending us. And so he looked very dominant in this match with the way that he won. Like you said, I was also expecting MJF to be all of a sudden be like Hulk Hogan and have his moment uh, to, you know, put his arm, put his arm up and he didn't. And I thought, oh, shoot, like this is the way they did it, which made it look even better 
for Samoa Joe because it looked like he just like, you know, ended this man. And so that was a really great way to close that out. I thought that Samoa Joe, I'm excited for him. Can I just say, I'm excited to see what he's going to do as AEW world champion. I'm excited to see the matchups that he's going to do too. And it is, I think they probably already knew that his stuff was going to be overshadowed because going into this, people weren't necessarily, of course, there was people wondering, oh, is the title going to change hands? Is it, that's always going to be there, right? But people were primarily curious about who the devil was going to be. So already going into the pay-per-view, the challenger is already being overshadowed. And then on top of that, you have everything else that we just discussed about, you know, what we were dealing with heading into the show. So with that, it's just like the importance of whether or not Samoa Joe become AEW world champion just kept getting knocked down a peg. And so that's kind of unfortunate for Samoa Joe. But I think he'll uh, win some people over definitely as AEW champion if, if you're not already yet sold on Samoa Joe. And um, there was another thing that I wanted to say about this. And Yes, the other thing that I wanted to add before I forget is that this was definitely the right way to go because Samoa Joe, I love MJF as a champion. I think he's had a phenomenal year. There was a lot of people that were kind of trashing MJF towards the end, and I completely disagree with all of those uh, comments in terms of, like, I really do think MJF is a really good AEW world champion, longest reigning AEW world champion, but I think this was the right call for Samoa Joe because I had said it the second he dropped that Ring of Honor TV title that he vacated it I'm like dude he's winning the AW world championship you don't do that to Samoa Joe you don't have him go out there make a fool of himself drop the title that he was also holding for like 500 and something days to all of a sudden end up with empty-handed like that was not gonna happen to Samoa freaking Joe so uh happy for Samoa Joe excited to see what happens but let's get into the devil situation so after this match this did not play into the physical portion of the result but after this match we uh, had already had Adam Cole out there throughout the entire match. He was there supporting his friend. And at the very end, we end up getting the masked men coming out and taking them down. They're holding both guys down. Both guys are begging for them to be the ones to get hit so that the their friend doesn't get hit. Well, in turn, we get the lights. They go down. They come back up. And all of a sudden, the masked men are no longer holding down Adam Cole. In fact, they're behind him. And then... It's basically revealed. He had he takes out the mask. He shows it to MJF. All of the other guys unmask, and that is the big reveal. So, in terms of execution, let's start there. Justin, how did you feel about the execution of the Devil reveal? I thought the execution was pretty good. Um, and 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 mine mine and, and I do have some <clears throat> questions or some critiques at certain points, but that's and we and of course we have the luxury of um Monday morning quarterbacking, right? You know we. We, we don't have the, t the challenge that Tony and his team does of sitting in a room, having a vision in your head and hoping that that vision executes as well as, as it is in your head, you know? So we have that ability to go back and say, oh, they should have done that. Like one thing I wrestled with was, okay, Adam Cole's the devil. Should he have been out there as he was ringside with his crutches in his boot? Or would the reveal have been any, any more uh, shock and all had he not been out there at all, and had we not even known that he was in the building, and then he, and then he gets revealed as the devil, you know, like things like that, I, I I go back and forth with. But then, you know, 
he, I think he does legit have a bad foot, so maybe he wouldn't have been able to get out there fast. I was going to say, it would have looked kind of bad if like, yeah. the devil, who's Hobbling. supposed to be scary as hell, comes out and he's injured. You know, like it wasn't going to look too great, right? Yeah, it's like uh, it's like the reverse of Kaiser Soze to verbal kint. If anybody picks up that <laughs> reference, um, but no, I, but I, th- but I think overall it was good because I think it it reminded people. I'm I'm always I'm one that um, I always preach about like book to some casuals. You know, hardcore fans always know what's going on. Book to a casual, book to maybe the maybe the hardcore fan brought a friend who's just learning some of these stories. So I think it probably was good to have Adam out there because it reminded everybody of the emotion of, of their being best friends and, and and Adam's there supporting him and everybody got to hear the music and do the baby and everything. So I think it was good to have him out there uh, at the end of the at the end of the day. Uh, I thought the reveal was kind of cool of having all all four of the of, of the of the goons. Uh, you know, unmasked. You know, in unison had a kind of a, a daunting dark feel to it. Um. I think I think Adam Cole was probably the original choice when they started the storyline. I think that when they first put pen to paper that he was who they thought would be the devil, then obviously he does sustain an injury. And that's the thing. I do believe, Denise, I don't know about you, like Adam Cole was injured. Like this, you know, it wasn't like he ripped off the boot and started doing jumping jacks. He's his he's hurt. You know, how long, we don't know. But I I, I do think they they stuck with the plan, which you know, that's probably good because if you really, if they would have took a hard left turn and if it would have been one of the release WWE guys, not from 90 days ago or something like that, I, I, and then we got to do a whole explanation of why, whatever. I think it, I think that would have fell uh, a lot, a lot shorter. I think this was the right call that you have somebody who's so emotionally connected to MJF and the audience is so aware and so invested in their relationship. My question is now what's next? Because again, if, if Adam's legit injured, which I'm 99.9% sure that he is, don't know for how long, but he, I, he's not having a match on Wednesday. Not having, you know, what do you do? You, I mean, you, you know, there's, d- does MJF run a gauntlet of going through, you know, going through Bennett and Taven and Wardlow? You know, do, do, do you run the gauntlet to buy time? Um, do you let MJF just be off TV because he has injuries that he needs to heal and he just pops back up six months later and hasn't forgot? Or I'm just going to put it out there. Does AEW still have MJF? And if they don't, is this just a case of Adam Cole and, and his group just eradicated and ran MJF out of AEW? Like I so I'm, I'm, I'm very curious and I guess that's a good, that's a good thing, right? Is what's next? Where does this go? But I have a feeling wherever it goes, it does not involve MJF being on my TV screen this Wednesday or the following Wednesday or the Wednesday after that. And that to me, and, and, and obviously if he needs to get healed up and rested up, I get it. But that to me is kind of where I'm like, huh, that's where I, that's where I get a little deflated is okay. We got the reveal and I feel for MJF and the, and the man just lost his damn title and, and all this stuff. But now it's like, when are we cashing in on this? What what are we what are we doing next? Is this is this how is this going to help us moving forward? Because again, it's not like Adam Cole is going to go out there and start beating all these people and be top of the heel locker room. Because again, he's injured. So is he just a figurehead with his goon squad? Is this a new stable that's long term in terms of Wardlow being with them? Um, you know, I I don't know. Like I I'd be curious to hear what you think because I, I feel like we're at a point where it's it's kind of fitting. It's the end of the year, so it's like our end of the year is how we're closing out twenty twenty three. But is that it? Is the book just done? Is is the book of Adam Cole and MJF just done? 
like where we go the number one pro wrestling show on the planet busted open is available seven days a week by subscribing and downloading the busted open podcast this is dave lagreca join me alongside two wwe hall of famers mark henry and bully ray the hardcore legend tommy dreamer plus thunder rosa and mickey james all week long as we break down everything going on in and out of the ring listen to busted open right now on the sxm app or wherever you get your podcast we need to get into what a lot of people are probably calling the best match of the night. And this was for the AEW TNT Championship. Christian Cage defending his gold against Adam Copeland. So what we got here was a pretty, you know, uh, we got some, we, we got to see Adam Copeland get busted open. We saw some candlesticks. We saw a table get lit up on fire in which Adam Copeland put Nick Wayne through, only though it only got Nick Wayne's butt, unfortunately. <laughs> um, And we saw Adam Copeland win this match, but afterwards we see Killswitch, uh, the former Luchasaurus, pop up behind him, and it seemed like Luchasaurus was kill switch was going to get his opportunity at the tnt championship but he signs his contract over to christian cage christian cage gets another shot he uh wins back his title i mean this this match started off hot i thought that this one really kind of rewoke the crowd maybe gave us a little new uh boost of energy how'd you feel about this match and um you know how everything played out this match definitely was a shot of energy that was needed to wake up this show, wake up this crowd. Uh, obviously, there's so much history between these two. It's very easy for people to get on board. This one because these two are such great storytellers. Uh, two, they have you know, we all know that these two have been childhood best friends. They've known each other for forty something years. So that just makes it all the more easier to get on board and 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 put and and, and feel the emotion. Uh, I love the start. I'm a big fan of when when the feud, when the animosity is at such a point, I'm a big fan of cutting your opponent off in the aisle way and you just start brawling in the aisle. You can't do it every match, obviously, and you can't do it, every, but but I'm a big fan and I thought this was appropriate for where this is at between these two and the promos and the uh, GFYs and everything that had been thrown around in this. Uh, I thought it was a great sh- uh, sh- shot in the arm. And, and 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 look, you know, in pro wrestling, your 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 body is your is your primary tool. It's your vehicle to success. <laughs> Denise, shout out to these two, fifty years old. Uh, I I know that I know that as you know, you know it used to be a you forties know, new twenty, fifties a new whatever, orange is the new black, whatever the sayings go. <laughs> At fifty, damn, I hope that I can, I can do even a fraction of what these two guys were out there doing and just looking 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 like studs so good on them uh yeah i mean other i mean this match really uh, other, other than the first other than the first bit of flames quickly dying out and burning out and they had to you know relight it and everything and kind of just you know get to get to that spot to put nick wayne through it i mean otherwise it looked like it was a pretty flawless match and it was, it was what they wanted and uh, i was all there and you know to the finish I, I i'm good with the finish because i look at the, if, if they would go on the other way if, if, if adam copeland would have won it and that was just that I don't feel like you have as many exciting options, but I feel like the way they went here and the fact that we'll talk about kill switch, the name in a second, the fact that kill switch, you know, had this struggle and handed the contract back over to Christian and Christian got it back. There's that's a great, that's a great bit of story. And there's so much more now to unpeel there. What did Christian whisper to kill switch? You know, obviously kill switch is conflicted with feelings. Um, So I I like it because it it, for again, story, storytelling options, booking. There's, there's a lot, a lot of avenues now, to go in questions that I want answered.
So it's funny that you mentioned the age, because even though I know that Christian Cage and Adam Copeland are not no longer in their 20s, we know this. Uh, God, I've been watching them perform my entire freaking life. Um, it was funny because yesterday at the end of the day, I had had a very long day and I was in the shower and I was just like, my stomach was hurting. My back was hurting. My chest was everything was hurting. And I was like, oh, my God. God, what's this going to be like when I'm like 60? Like, how is this going to feel right now? And then you mentioned, like, I was thinking yesterday, like, I need to go to sleep. I'm done. My body's beat down. Keep in mind, all I did was sit on this chair. And so I think about guys like Christian Cage and Adam Copeland who have been, you know, wrestling forever. And they go out there and they're a lot older and they go out there and they freaking kill it. And this was great. So, yeah, kind of pointing that out. It's just like age is just a number. And, you know, you can be healthy and energetic at any given age. Uh, yeah. And um, But here's the thing, though. When it comes to this particular matchup, I will say that there was just there was a lot that I liked on this. And I think that it was probably the most different thing on the show. So that was definitely very engaging. But I was very happy when Christian Cage won his title back because I like Adam Copeland. But I'm far more interested in what Christian Cage has been doing with this whole dead father storyline, him adopting Nick Wayne, the whole thing with uh, Shayna Wayne, all of that. I am so much more interested in Christian Cage. And I kind of feel bad because Adam Copeland, you know, he was a big signing for AEW. He really was. And I'm excited to see what he does more in the future. But I'm not going to sit here and say that he's lit the world up on fire. Right. Uh, you know, he's definitely mm -hmm. had a fire spot, but I'm just far more interested in the Christian Cage portion of this. Like for me, he, he's just the most interesting element of this story. Yeah, I'm far more interested Christian Cage holding the title that in some cases he flat out just steals, you know, like, I mean, yeah, that, that is much more interesting and has more legs uh, to, to stand on and run with. Um, yeah. I don't need to see Adam Copeland with the title. Uh, there, there, there's a lot more benefit, I think with Christian holding this title. And again, what it means to kill switch, what it means that, you know, other challenges that come about for it. Um, you know, the, it's good for, it's good for the kill switch character again because there was obviously there was conflict and again what did Christian say to him that got him to turn it over? I have a hard time and I know you you did it too and I I do it I do it even when I'm taking notes. I have a hard time calling him kill switch. Oh, me too. I've called it, him Luchasaurus a zillion times. I even tweeted out at one point I was like, oh, Luchasaurus, blah 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 blah, and everybody on the comments was like, kill switch because I'm like, guys, I, yeah. I know, I know. It's, it's <laughs> like I mean, obviously a wrestler. You know, a wrestler changing names and 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 that I mean, that's 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 nothing new, obviously. It's a, but like normally when you change a name and you and 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 repackage a, a talent, normally they at least like just go away for a, a few minutes or they change something. I have a hard time that he's just he was Luchasaurus one minute and literally the next minute on television we now call him Kill Switch. Nothing's changed about his appearance or anything like that. That's I just have a hard time. And and again, because we know that Kill Switch has been Christian's finisher name for twenty years. I just I I. I can't take that name seriously. I, I need I need Kill Switch to do something to make me take Kill Switch more seriously. You know what it is for me? I don't feel like Kill Switch easily rolls off the tongue. Yeah. And by that I mean is that I'll say kill and then I'm like, oh yeah, you got to add switch to that. And so there's this always this like momentary pause where I I don't know, like in my mind, it's like, okay, I can say it and think about it really fast when I'm talking in terms of like finishing moves and stuff like that. But what I'm thinking in terms of names. It just doesn't come out the same way, you know. There's this moment of thinking in my brain. I maybe, and I just maybe would have done something 
something like take the mask off him if he's no longer now a prehistoric dinosaur who does lucha moves if, if, if like take the mask off of him have christian say we're going to take this mask off you you've been hiding behind this massive lucha source no now you're going to be and i know kill switch is not a, a, you know no, he's not he's not signing government papers as kill switch i'm not saying we give him a name like john smith but i think <laughs> it just would help it would have helped the repackaging just a little bit for me to take it seriously rather than it just being kill switch and a lucha source mask Actually, I think that would be hilarious if his name was John Smith, but don't change anything about his appearance. <laughs> you know, keep as is John Smith, the dinosaur. Hi, everybody. Christopher Mad Dog Russo here. Familiar? You should be. Well, now you can catch Mad Dog's Daily Bite each day as a podcast where you'll hear my thoughts and opinions on the biggest topics around the world of sports, NFL, baseball, golf, NBA, even the hockey. That you know you can count on. That's Mad Dog's Daily Bite daily anywhere you get your podcasts and you can also hear me weekdays 3 to 6 eastern on mad dog unleashed sirius xm channel 82 or anytime on the sxm app warmer sunnier days are calling fuel up for them with factors no prep no mess meals meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef crafted meals with options like calorie smart Protein Plus and Keto. Factors Fresh Never Frozen Meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients that you can trust. Treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. Head to Factormeals.com slash Busted50 and use code Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Busted50 at Factormeals.com slash Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. I want to take an opportunity to really highlight the best pay-per-views of 2023. And I want to start off with AEW. When, uh, honestly, you look at this year for 2023, this is the most pay-per-views that they've ever had. Like, they started off with just, like, you know, their core pay-per-views. But this time we had so many. Uh, Revolution, Double or Nothing, Forbidden Door, All In, All Out, Wrestle Dream, Full Gear, world's end and to think that half of those literally happened like in the summer and fall like it's kind of crazy that the latter portion of the year was so freaking jam-packed but justin when you look at aew which ones would you say this year were your favorite pay-per-views you know i really enjoyed all in in london um and you know it's it's a shame that when you say that that unfortunately that so much of the conversation immediately gets steered towards what happened Behind the scenes and, and, the, and the result that came about it with with the stuff with CM Punk and Jack Perry and, and Punk's uh, eventual departure. But if you push that stuff aside, if you push that stuff aside, excuse me, that show going into it, um, major pay-per-view in London, you know, 70, 80, whatever the number ended up being, uh, you know, incredible house, I, the outdoor show, that outdoor stadium feel. Um, you know, you know, Will Ospreay's on the car with Jericho and 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 you know, you got Punk and you got CM Punk and Samoa Joe, something you hadn't seen since the days of ROH. And, you know, there was just so, you know, FTR in the box. There was so much going into that show. And the MJF Adam Cole stuff was so red hot. And, and we're waiting to see, like, what's going to, who, who's ultimately going to really put the knife in the other one's back? Who's going to, you know, like the, the vignettes that were leading up to the promos. 
I felt like AEW was just doing incredible work leading into that show. And maybe I'm maybe I'm still a little skewed because all these factors were just for me personally. And again, the visual scene, you know, seeing a long aisle way, seeing that kind of a stadium show, it felt bigger than any other pay-per-view AEW had done. Again, just the optics, you know, some people may not agree with me, but for me, start to finish and just all the bells and whistles pop and circumstance, I, I got to go all in. So I think that's a good good shout. And I think that the big thing that you highlighted there was sort of that the show felt majestic in that in that sense. I was there at the show, man. And let me tell you, Justin, like um, there's an area and I forget the name of the sh- It's like an actual street name and I completely forgot what it's called. But there's a little there's a big main street heading into Wembley. And on this big street, there's all of these people. And I did this whole video where like I interviewed fans. It was crazy. Like this felt momentous. And when I was interviewing people, everybody was from a different part of the world, right? And I just thought like, how freaking cool. I've been meeting so many people from countries. I didn't even know the countries, to be honest. Like, you know, so that's what I'm saying. Like, it was pretty freaking cool. But when you went in there, it was this sea of people. They got machine head by Bush playing over and over again. So everybody's got like the real cool vibe of like bobbing their heads up and down. And the entrance, the you mentioned the long entrance way, the big stage, all of that just looks so freaking cool. And that card did have a lot of really great matches, man. Like, I think about, like, um, getting to see Will Ospreay perform in front of, uh, you know, everybody there in London. I thought that was freaking incredible to see. Um, There was so much that was so fun in this show. Um, So, yeah, I get why you chose it. But for me, I'm going, oh, you know what? I had my opinion all set. And then I last minute think I'm changing it. I'll be honest with you. I'm a little bit torn. Between All Out and Full Gear. Okay. I'm torn on both of those shows because I thought both of them. Oh, uh, you know what? I'm going to go with All Out. I'm going to go with All Out just for the fact that I thought it was a totally different show from All In where it was very, very heavily. The, the pro wrestling was just at another level. I think uh, I loved all of the freaking matches that we saw on that show, like getting to see Miro and Powerhouse Hobbs with the meat chance going over like that was so freaking cool. Um, Getting to see Brian Danielson and Ricky Starks in the no DQ strap match. That was my favorite AEW match of 2023. So for that reason, that's extra points on that end uh Kanoshka Takeshita defeated Kenny Omega my god we're, we haven't even spent that much time talking about this uh unfortunately like the dude defeated Kenny Omega like that's pretty freaking huge um I loved 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 John Moxley versus Orange Cassidy I thought that match was freaking uh just so much freaking fun so for that reason that's my favorite pay-per-view of uh AEW for this year but they did have a phenomenal time I literally went to every show Actually, though, I only missed two shows, Wrestle Dream and World's End. Those were the only shows wow. that I didn't go to, but I went to every other show uh, that they had this year. So I was very, very uh, uh, proud of that. But it was a lot of fun to get to go to those events. But let's go ahead and hop on over to the WWE side of things, because my God, when you think of all of the pay-per-views that AEW had, WWE had like twice more than that. And keep in mind that not only did they have their uh, regular premium live events for the WWE, Raw, and SmackDown brands, they also had NXT shows on top of that. So they had at least like six NXT shows that uh, occurred throughout the year. But for you, what takes the win for WWE 2023? I'm going to divide between the show, the pay-per-view itself, and then a moment. The pay-per-view... Obviously, as you said, there's a lot to choose from with WWE. I'm going to default to night one of WrestleMania 39. Um, just because from start to finish, I felt like the 
the the power punch that they delivered from you know John Cena in the opening match and having not seen John wrestle a match and however long it had been prior to that against against Austin Theory and was it John Cena's best match by by no means no but it it was just it was the the brand it was the entire it was the entire presentation of it doing it um you know i mean you know we got an incredible four four way tag match um you know logan paul and seth rollins say what you want about logan paul but he he sticks it out in there ray and dominic such a long story being told there and dominic who you know maybe maybe is 2023 uh breakout star for 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 wb the rhea ripley charlotte flair match uh that's one of the best matches i've ever seen ever and that's not not on me that's one of the best women's matches that's one of the best matches i've ever seen uh, it was incredible, and I and I was and I was part of the crowd saying, even though it's for the title, no, it should not main event. It should be the Usos versus Kevin Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn because of the story. And I stand here corrected and say that women's match probably should have gone on last. It should have been the main event. So uh, and, and uh, Pat McAfee has a spot with the Miz, very entertaining. It, it, from start to finish, that show kept me on a level of high that you know I, I think is probably uncomparable to any other show. So Mania Night One for me. But Denise, I'll tell you a moment, and it's kind of funny to me, and I'll tell you why. The moment, and I like to go back even on YouTube just to feel it, just to feel that it's only like a two-minute video. Bad Bunny making his entrance at Backlash in Puerto Rico. <laughs> I don't even speak Spanish. I, I took French in class. My last name's Labar. I don't speak Spanish. I don't know what the hell he's saying in the song. But when they cut and you hear the opening sting of, of his song, and then they have the camera coming behind him out the entrance tunnel. And that entire crowd is singing in unison. Don't know what they're saying, but it sounded great. sounded cool. And he looks like a badass. I know he's not the biggest man, but he looked like he was larger in life, getting ready to walk into battle, and then put on a really good street fight with Damien Priest. It was not like the celebrity phones it in, and we got to have a bunch of Google Gaga and smoke and mirrors. That moment, I love going back and watching that entrance. A backlash of bad money. So I, I got I, I couldn't I could not talk about 2023 superlatives of WWE without giving that a shout. Man, that was a freaking fun match, man. That was a fun show, period. I, my favorite part. This is so dumb, but one of my favorite parts of that show was literally the camera work that they did for that one where they did the, the, the I don't know what you call it, but they were basically traveling to the inside, like all the way from the outside to into the arena, into the stage, blah, 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 until they work their way into it. Like the, like the drone point of view. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I love that. Like, I feel like they should do that way more often. And I get it. Maybe the more times you do it, it's less special. But uh, maybe for like uh, shows where you're not like, you know, when you're in different places, I think that they should definitely do that more often because oh i love that uh but that was a very special show i think that one deserves uh some some mentions because again we meant you mentioned that damien priest bad bunny match like that was huge like let's not forget that bad bunny is a legitimate freaking star like this dude is so freaking popular and the fact that wwe was able to nab him and clearly they were able to do so because he's a fan so they got very lucky on that side of things but honestly like it was a very cool thing to have but for me um, I have to agree with you. Night one of WrestleMania 39 was probably my favorite. And I, uh, of course, night two was phenomenal too. In fact, night two has my favorite match, which was Gunther, Sheamus, and Drew McIntyre. Like mm. that to me was my favorite match of both nights that we saw of WrestleMania. But I'm going to give it to night one as well, primarily because, I mean, you touched on a lot of it, but I want to take a second and say that, like, seeing Seth Rollins and Logan Paul, like, that was pretty cool. I did like up their matchup. I thought that was fun. But here's the thing. Rey Mysterio, Dominic Mysterio, like, that was a storyline that, like, I was interested in, right? 
but I was nitpicking a lot of it. But when it came down to the actual, like everything that went down and just like the crowd reaction from that, my God, it was just a really good vibe in the, uh, in SoFi Stadium. It was really, really great. It felt big time. I love that. Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair. Um, I, I don't mind, like, I know that they were, you know, talks about them being in the main event. I still think the main event was fine with Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn and the Usos because I love that match too. But Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair went out there and proved damn well that they could have definitely been the main event. I love this. This was by far Rhea Ripley's best match as, um, you know, champion. But this was phenomenal. I don't, I don't feel like this is up there in terms of, like, Best matches for sure for 2023. Um, and then Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn with the Usos. Oh, I thought this match was so much fun. And then getting to see Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn uh raising their hands up with the titles. Uh, Justin, I used to watch these guys in freaking PWG. I was at those little ass venues where you would be sweating up a storm because it was hot as hell in there. And to get to see them now in this like the grandest stage of them all at SoFi Stadium. I mean, it was such a beautiful moment to see that. I feel like that truly felt like a uh, your dreams can come true. If you work hard enough, they can definitely come true. Um, but night two was great too, of course. Uh, my favorite match, I mentioned it was Gunther. It was that triple threat for the Intercontinental Championship was phenomenal. And even Brock Lesnar versus Omos, it didn't suck. I liked it too. And so I was interested in that. Um, Roman Reigns, Cody Rhodes, uh, aside from the ending, I loved the match too. So I think that WrestleMania 39 definitely, definitely felt like a WrestleMania. And let's not forget about Snoop Dogg calling the audible on the fly when Shane McMahon blows out his quad. Let's let's give Snoop some love for 2023. Talk about clips that I can watch over and over again. That's one. I'm sorry. I could watch that over and over again. Busted Open is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast. Catch the full three hours of Busted Open every day of the week at 9 a.m. Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation, channel 156. Go to SiriusXM.com backslash Busted Open Trial to start your free trial today. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh. <laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.